Hey, Shelvies. Buckle up for a new episode of the Shelved Books Podcast, where every writer has a story that may never see the light of day. This is the podcast where authors share the stories that they shelved, the manuscripts that they may never publish. Then they explore the reason why they shelved this story. Welcome to the Shelved Books Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Shelved Books Podcast. We are your hosts, Angie, Sandra. Christy, <laughs> and Kate. Hey, actually, I have been, I will admit this, I have been a nervous wreck the entire day because of the guests that we have, because I, I am not ashamed to admit it, I have a writer crush on this author, and she, they are amazing, and every book that comes out from their magical fingers just really grips you until you finish, until you hit the last page. That is how good their books are. They write speculative young, several speculative young adult series, namely The Bone Witch, which is a trilogy, The Girl from the Well, which is a duology, and The Never Tilting World, which is a duology as well. Am I right? Yes, duology. And Wicked As You Wish, also a duology. And it's a trilogy. Oh, it's a trilogy. Okay. <laughs> well, good. <laughs> now I'm happy. Um, because more of that story, it's a really, really beautiful series. And the thing is, I never thought it could happen, but they are giving us Silver Under Nightfall, which is really the vampire novel of your dreams. If you are a fan of vampires, if you are a fan of all things that are sexy and all that, this is it. And their world building, chefs, kiss, really. If you are into books that really, that you can dive into, it is their books, right? So welcome to the podcast, Range of Peko, everybody. For joining Thank us. You. Thank you. We are honored. We are so, so honored to have you with us today. And I still, I'm still getting goosebumps. And I feel like I have not given you justice in that. Um, <laughs> that was more than enough. Thank you so much. I'm very <laughs> glad to be here. And it, we, we are so happy to have you on. Now, for our listeners and viewers who are meeting you for the first time, is there anything else that you can tell us about yourself? Um, well, well, my pronouns are they and them. I grew up in Manila, Philippines, and I, I'm still living here. So uh, most of the questions that I usually get is, hey, you're an internationally published author. How are you able to do it in the Philippines? And I usually say, well, it's easy. I just, I just follow the query like agent queries like everybody else so it's really just you know if you want to be a writer every avenue right especially nowadays when email is just you know it's so quick to just send an email to an agent of your choice every you know the world is your oyster if you're a writer right now you're here because we are excited to listen to rin's shelled book story and, um, you know, she was actually, uh, they were actually telling us that Silver Under Nightfall was once a shelf book, which is now 
you know, about to be released into the world, which I'm so excited. But yes, Rin, so what is your shelf book story? Uh, well, to begin with, I guess since you, you've already mentioned Silver Under Nightfall, it really started as a shelf book, um, primarily because I didn't know how to categorize it. Like uh, when, when I start, when I first started making, like thinking of the concept for this book in particular, like if, um, if no, if Silver Under Nightfall, by the way, is a, um, it's a gothic vampire fantasy. Mm, and, nice. <laughs> and I don't really, I, I don't usually know how to describe my own books, honestly. <laughs> Um, but when, when people usually ask me, Hey, okay. So Silver Under Nightfall, what, what's it all about? Uh, my, my go-to response is just usually a vampire couple finds a vampire hunter in the trash and takes them in. So <laughs> that, that's basically it. Um, but, but it's, it's, um, basically a murder mystery about a vampire couple, uh, a vampire couple and a vampire hunter teaming up to investigate a series of like weird sicknesses and illnesses that's plaguing both their kingdoms. And that um, sounds super interesting. <laughs> thank you. Um, when I first uh, started thinking about the concept for this, I didn't know exactly where how to place it because this was around the time where people were agents and and editors were sort of turning down the idea of new adult, the, the whole idea of new adult. Like at first they were really trying to push it and then it kind of fell to the wayside yeah. and they're saying, yeah, it, it's not marketable. It's more, it's more geared towards like indie publishing, I guess, or mm -hmm. yeah. So when I started thinking about it and I, I've been mentioning it to a few readers and my agent and that's what they that's what they pointed out like it sounds very new adult it sounds like it's in that certain category of like vampire vampire fiction it's not contemporary vampire fiction but it sounds similar enough that they're not sure mm -hmm. how they're gonna sort of market it if it's gonna be traditionally published when it's usually more in the like in the indie publishing area. Right. So, and, and I couldn't really put two words how much it was different. Like I felt it was different. I, I like, I love new adult vampire fiction and I, I read a lot of those too, but I also think that it's, it's unique enough and it's very different enough that it, is more it leans more towards the fantasy honestly not really new adult like adult fantasy was what i had in mind but at that time since i didn't really have a finished book i couldn't really defend the book to anybody <laughs> <laughs> so i basically said well well you know what let me let me try to put more chapters into this book and then we'll see like if I could give some actual bigger chapters for my agent to read then maybe she'll find a way like maybe she'll agree with me and it's unique enough that it's not really in the new adult ca category but in just the like the sci-fi fantasy mm -hmm. uh category mm -hmm. so 
I put it aside and I, I mean, I really, really wanted to work on it. But as Kate already said, I have been very busy. And um, <laughs> so, a lot of people think that I'm a prolific writer because I want to be a prolific writer, but that's not really the case. It's more like, um, it's more like publishers, a, a few publishers, a few editors have approached me and pitched ideas to me and say, hey, do you want to do this? Do you want to? Um, I, I've got this this thing. We we've got this thing going on. Do you want to be part of it? Do you want to write this book for us? Do you, we have this concept in hand, but then we think you're you're you'd be a great author for this. Why are you interested? And I have been. I'm a yes man, and it's very hard for me to say no, especially when I find some a project appealing. So my mistake was accepting way too many offers at the same time that I wound up overfilling my schedule and wound up writing around roughly two to three books a, a year. Oh my gosh, that <laughs> is so incredible. Thick, <laughs> chunky books. Okay? Oh my god. These are not like like the the regular like no it's like when you see but those the, are the best kind you know right because then they last it's not done in like two hours you know you're like yeah oh, oh, and you can be with those characters for like a while and get to know them and you know yeah it's great but it must be exhausting too yeah <laughs> yeah um I, I have done like a hundred and twenty thousand word book in two months <gasps> i have done that oh my god <laughs> <laughs> do you do you like upset like when you start writing i mean how long of a span i mean how long are you like sitting at the computer every day i am very fast when it comes to drafting it's the revision process that usually kills me mm -hmm. but when i draft um i can write i guess three to four thousand words a day if it, i mean oh that's awesome <laughs> right it's like for us it's like pulling words out of them uh-huh but I, I try to I try to space myself out. So like I, if I have a free day, I tend to write more. If I don't have enough, like I, I mean, I have kids, so uh, if I am able to, I write in for I write for like a couple of hours when I can. It's usually at night when they're asleep, and um, I don't really uh, I don't really try to write this so and so many words a day i try to do it within a week like i give myself a a, a goal like maybe ten thousand words this week 15 or fifteen thousand words this week if i'm feeling like i've got enough i've got more time mm -hmm. and that's what usually works for me instead of like worrying how many words i can get per day because that's the, that's a that's a stressful part trying to figure out oh I, I'm under my quota for today. How am I gonna? Yeah. How am I make, how am I gonna make it? So, mm. like extending it to just a week, like setting my goals to writing a certain number of words a week is a lot more. It's a lot, a lot less stressful for me. Yeah. So that's what I usually go for. And like, I mean, right now, my my laptop, my laptop is um in the shop right now because my my screen fritzed out. Um. Mm. Yeah, and I am on a deadline to write. Oh no! <laughs> it's an upcoming MG horror. I can't really say much about it yet because I I'm not allowed to be announcing <clears throat> it yet. 
I started this in June and it's due early like August first week of August and I I'm already done like it should be done I just need more revisioning and but, but this one in particular I bas- I basically wrote in a month so wow. amazing that you see how fast I could write if I have enough motivation for it <laughs> so how did you go back to like you were busy and now you have a shelf book so how did you get back to it yeah uh I had free time <laughs> <laughs> Like, like it so happened that the stars aligned and I had no pending projects due for like next four or five months. Mm. And then I thought, well, let me dust this off. Let me give this another go. And I wound up, like it was one of the most fun books that I've written. Like I, I enjoyed everything, like from the, from the first chapter to the last. I'm not, I don't usually do that. Like midway through my books i usually feel like uh, a little bit of writer's block like a little disheartened like oh this is this is a slog to go through right now but this one i just enjoyed it the whole the whole way through oh, wonderful. Nice. Nice. <laughs> and like, i think it's because um i think it's because this is going to be my first adult fantasy and i've i've previously only written for uh young adults so the mindset is very different. Like it's my first time writing that that kind of book. So I guess it switches on some some serotonin or something in my brain. <laughs> it's more like, hey, this is something new. So <laughs> that's pretty cool. That is. So it's like, so how did it go from shelf book to like now? It's like about about to be released. I. I pitched it to my very, very hardworking agent, uh, Rebecca, <laughs> Rebecca Podos. And like, she, she's, she's super busy as well. And I managed to wheedle her into reading my book. Like, hey, I have this very new book. It's very different from what I usually write. And it's also in the adult fantasy, like targeted towards the adult fantasy market. How can you like, please read this and tell me it's not bad. <laughs> and she, she's usually great with that like she'll if there's something that's not working for her she'll she'll be she'll she'll tell me on the get-go so i know how to fix it like she'll also make suggestions like oh maybe this part is something you need fixing maybe this part is something that needs more editing and she's usually she's usually great when it comes to that like she has a really good good eye for spotting like the, the flaws in my own writing and she read it and she 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 was really quick about it as well and she got back to me and she said you know what let us market let us let us look for a editor for this right now oh, well, that nice yeah i bet that was like a sweet validation a little bit <laughs> or a lot it was, it was. Yeah. um i think that part of the stress for that is that there's a lot of um, explicit scenes in there that I don't, I mean, you know, young, I, I used to write young adults, so there's not really a lot of those there. And like part part of it, like writing those explicit scenes was also like why a lot of people were suggesting maybe it's new adult, it's new adult mm-hmm. vampire fiction. And 
you know, but but my mindset was, well, a lot of adult fantasy and sci-fi have existed as well. And mine is, I mean, I wouldn't say explicit when I was writing them. I'd say intimate scenes. Mm-hmm. Like there, I feel like there's a difference between yes, those. Yeah. Explicit is just writing for the, sometimes for the sake of just writing smut. Yes. Right. And intimate really kind of underscores that it has a lot to do with the character development. At least yes. that, that's my way of thinking. And I was very nervous. Like this is the first time that my agent is writing, is reading something that I've written that has like like smut basically. (laughs) (laughs) And I was really, really happy. I was like, oh, this is spicy. And she goes like, oh, this is spicy. I like it. So (laughs) did you did you have to did did she give you some edit notes before you went out and submitted it or oh yeah because <laughs> when when i first when i gave her the finished book it was of actually 150,000 words oh right on <laughs> wow <laughs> oh my gosh how much did you cut <laughs> so this is what i do in my free time like I, <laughs> like uh I, I self-flagellate by writing <laughs> way too many words for for free, free time, and she goes, "Well, I I really like this, but it's one hundred and fifty thousand words, and usually for like like newcomers or or people who are just breaking into the new, like the adult sci-fi fabric, especially when there's a pandemic going on, people try to trim down the books. Not really one hundred and fifty thousand words, maybe something around." between like 120 and 130,000 would be the sweet spot. So I took out several scenes and trimmed it down and got it back to her in like two weeks. Mm. Nice. Nice. So like right now, do you have like a shelf book that or along the way in your writing process, do you have like another book that you shelved that you know, maybe for now or maybe forever. <laughs> Here's another thing about me. Um, <laughs> you think that I'm a prolific writer, that I don't have enough, like I, I don't leave any books unfinished. Mm-hmm. And that is absolutely not the case. <laughs> I, I have like, in, in I, I, I did a quick check of the files that I did have. And I think I have between four to five books that have not seen the light of day, or at least have not seen, my, my agent has not read any of those yet. Like, and they're, nice. they're very varied, like across different genres. So I, I have like a cyberpunk one. I have a, uh, actually, actually one that I want to talk about, especially since Kate is here is, um, <laughs> I, I want to, there was this pitch that was, that was asked of me before, but uh, it, it fell through. So it, it didn't push through with the publisher was, was interested in it because I, I decided to back out because like I, I have too much on my plate right now. I can't, I can't, I really can't do this. And it was actually a MG, an MG sort of modern fantasy that involves Filipino gods. Oh. It, I, I, I was planning on setting it. I'm not sure if you're familiar with a lot of 
uh, places here in the Philippines, but in Manila specifically, there is this place in the city called Divisoria. Kate will know what Kate will know what that is, and it's basically your your madhouse of a bazaar. Mm -hmm. Like everything you can think of, you'll find it there and at very cheap prices. So you'll see like fruits and vegetable stalls right next to those selling like metal pipes, plumbing, and that poison. It, it's really <laughs> like there, there is no rhyme or reason. Like every, people will just set up stalls anywhere within those those certain roads, yes. and they'll just sell they'll just sell everything, and it's very cheap. Based, uh, compared to what you can get elsewhere in the city and that was sort of my basis because that used to be my hunting ground like i i my my grandparents were were in tondo mm -hmm. which is the area where the where the Visoria is and that's where i where i explored <laughs> oh wow and it's it's such a madhouse like uh you know there's a point where every now and then the police will have to go make like sweeping raids through there for like two reasons, either to uh, make sure that the stalls are in order and you don't leave too much like trash or, or anything <laughs> there in the area. And also for drug raids, mm -hmm. <laughs> that is also an area that is known for, for those. It's mm -hmm. a very colorful, colorful, um, colorful place to grow up in. Well, and yeah. but that was but I love it there. And I was basing it on I was basing that whole Divisoria concept on the Filipino gods who are basically um sellers in those like magical sellers in a in a magical type divisoria. So they have stalls. Where, yeah. Oh or, that's so cool. <laughs> and what are they selling? Like the anting anting and, and yeah. Like like magical amulet or uh, ways to bring down your enemies, or they'll hire you to bring down their enemies and supply you with with tools of their trade. Mm -hmm. So that was that was something that I I had really really wanted to write, but mm -hmm. circumstances dictate that I I have to put it on the shelf for now, mm -hmm. even mm -hmm. now because um every, <laughs> I'm very. I'm, unfortunately, I'm very, like, I, I'm, I'm writing, I think I've written three books this year, which is a lot more than the previous years. And I, I told myself, you know what, once I'm done with, like, the last book that I, I owe publishers, I am going to take at least a four-month break. And hopefully, I don't accidentally write another book along the way. <laughs> <laughs> Real God's book. <laughs> if you decide you want to work on that one, it's fine. <laughs> We're all good with that, right? You know, yeah. It sounds like we need a break. Yeah. Those, those four or five books, like they say, they're going to go on a break, but really, it's just wishful thinking. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Rin, the four or five books that you've shelved, like, are they are they complete books or are they partway done? Like, and do you have some that you've st ever started and said, like, mm, not ready, I don't like it, you know, something like that? The shortest book that I've written, I think, is about three chapters long. Mm -hmm. The longest wow. of those four or five books, I think, has maybe 15 chapters, mm -hmm. which is a little okay. over halfway. But um, 
there, there are always two reasons why why I shelved the book. So the first one you already know, which is I don't have time for them. Like <laughs> I, I've got too many other immediate deadlines and other immediate priorities. And the second one is I don't know how to finish it. Like, oh, like, yeah. <laughs> I, like I, I have the concept. Usually when I start thinking of a book, I already know the ending right off the bat. Like even yeah. before I've, I've written the book, I know how it ends. Mm -hmm. But sometimes when you're writing the book, uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a planter, mm -hmm. which is like a hybrid planter and planner. Mm. So I only I only plot until the halfway mark and then I write it. I write the chapters and then once I'm done with that halfway mark writing those chapters, I see if the if the chapters that I've written is actually like similar to the outline that I came up with and it's usually not. So <laughs> that halfway point where everything changes and I have to plot a new outline for the last for like the last half of the chapters and then write my way through it. But sometimes when I write it that way, like I, I plot till the halfway mark and then I write everything down until that, I write all the chapters that hit that midpoint. Mm. And then I look back and then I think, you know what, my, my, my initial ending, like the ending that I conceived no longer works for the one <laughs> that I had written. So, <laughs> It's usually there where I get stopped a lot. Like, I usually rely on the fact that I know the ending mm -hmm. so that I can finish the book. But sometimes if the book changes so drastically that I don't really think that the ending that I had in mind is good enough for that particular book, I try to like set it aside for now. Because I feel like until I find a, an ending that is worthy of this book, I don't think it's gonna like, my writing isn't gonna go anywhere mm. until I figure that ending out. Because, you know, like I could be writing those chapters and then in the end, it could be like worthless. Like why I, I wouldn't have needed to write this, these chapters if I don't know the ending. Mm. I think that's a good lesson for all writers because I think that we all go through. No, it's true because you know sometimes you you're trying to make more of a story than you probably should, and you're right. You should just leave it, and it'll come. You know, like you'll think about something else or you'll think about the ending. Whereas sometimes I'm guilty of this. You know, like you'll just <laughs> slug along and say, no, 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 I'll keep going, I'll keep going. You know, it'll get it'll get better, it'll get better, and it doesn't. <laughs> you know, so two hundred thousand words. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's my shelf book. It was two hundred thousand words, and nothing happened. So, wow. yeah, <laughs> you know, it was just fun. But, but I, I think what you do is fantastic. It's a great idea to just, you know, put it aside and start something new. And I think that's great. Yeah, and and it's really important for like newbie writers to also think of that too. Is like maybe it's not working, but then you're, you're like, if I grit through it. Look it's going to work. But That's right. It really just helps set it aside for a bit. Let it breathe. Let yourself breathe. And yeah. you know, yeah. and so how, do you, how do you usually come to that decision, Rin? Like it that you know, it's like is it is it like okay, on the onset when something doesn't work, you shelve it right away, or do you give it like a few more chapters and then 
you try to see if it if it's gonna go somewhere? Uh, I I usually know almost immediately if like once an ending I realize that an ending doesn't work for me I'm like okay we I need I need some distance from this book let me try something else because the ending for me is always important right uh, I mean I mean you enjoy the, you enjoy travel like the books for me are like roadmaps like you enjoy the travel but it's really the destination that you have in mind that's going to be important. And every now and then I find that if I distance myself from my books, I find it easier to come back to it because I'm not so stressed out over how to write the book. Like I, yeah. I forget enough details from that book that when I, I, I can come back to it with new eyes. And yeah. every now and then inspiration does strike. I, actually, you, you, um, you mentioned The Sacrifice, which is my, my standalone why a horror book which is also out this year um that was one of the shelf books like a long time ago that i i, I wrote that almost at the same time as girl from the well and the girl from the well was published in 2014 which was a long long time that is a long time and like recently inspiration hit like hey i, I got this new ending i want I, I i love this ending let me see if i can like write some new chapters and outline something new based on that ending and it worked. And and now and my my agent loved it, my editor loved it, and now it's getting published. So, you know, it's it's not a marathon. Like writing a book isn't a, it it isn't supposed to be a marathon. Like you'll eventually get there if you like take the time and you really believe in that book. Like something it's something great is gonna happen okay. when you like keep it on the shelf for a little bit and then come back to it when you feel like you're ready to tackle it because that that's what i did and it worked so i think this is really fascinating with and because like i i didn't know that that endings like for you like endings were really important and i think a lot of writers tend to forget that which is why sometimes when you read a book and then you get to the end and you're like <laughs> why eh. You know, and then so many knots that have not been, you know, like loose threads that have not been. So why, why did you reach that point where in your writing career, like, what was the re realization that that spurred the idea that endings are important for you? Well, there are, there are two reasons why I read books. The first one is because they're enjoyable, and I I, I like I like the characters and the story. And the second is the payoff. Mm. Like, if you're going to go on this journey with me, I want to make sure it's worth your while. And that means a pretty good ending, an, an ending that sort of explains everything that happened before it. Like, I, I, I'm particularly, I'm particularly happy when it came to the Bone Witch specifically because once the third book, Shadow Shadow Glass, came out, immediately I I was besieged in in like PMs and private messages by readers just crying and like oh. oh no how but you know in a good way like they're not they're not mad about the ending but it's an ending that they weren't expecting and it's an ending I like to I like to end my books in a sort of bittersweet way hmm. so there's a little bit of um joy yeah. in the book but there's also like something something's lost 
like you you the characters lose a little something along the way there they may they might be better for it but it's still something bittersweet like they lose uh they lose something to gain something so that's how i like to write my endings and uh the, the reaction of most people when the shadow glass came out with exactly what i what i was looking for like that was that's the kind of payoff i want like people so committed to the characters that they're crying <laughs> there was one girl she was really really sweet like she posted a video of her like reading the last pages of shadow glass and crying oh, <laughs> oh my god she, she was super sweet yeah you're like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is so gratifying, I think, uh, as an author to have your readers say, because sometimes like um, we see with like bigger like series and everybody, you know, everybody is just like waiting, waiting, waiting for that. And then the ending comes, like the third book comes and then everybody's like, what? what? <laughs> You know, and I'm not gonna mention the particular series where that exploded <laughs> because you know everybody was like, why did why did this end that way? But uh, it it's it's definitely and and it's such an eye opener for for me because I didn't know this about Rin before, and it's really like oh yes, endings. It, sometimes we take it for granted the ending when we are writing because we're so. We're so invested in the beginning and the middle that sometimes when you get to the end, it's like, okay, how am I gonna end this? <laughs> how do you balance? Because, like you said, you have several shelf books. Like, so how do you not like with all the other projects that you have going on? How do you not forget like the particular shelf book? Like, does it stay in your mind, or do you really just completely shut it off for a while so that you can concentrate on whatever it is that you're writing at that moment? Well, I I a hundred percent shut it off. Like, uh, I use when when I when I write my books, I usually use this program called Scrivener, mm -hmm. and it has really really excellent like comment, like a, like a comment list where you can write down like additional like additional editorial comments or some research that you did. So I I usually when when I'm writing my books, I usually leave little notes for myself along the way as I write. Like oh like shorten this shorten this paragraph or when i go to chapter 10 and i realize that something doesn't work in chapter 2 anymore i leave a note i go back to chapter 2 and just leave a note anywhere that says hey pick, go go to that scene where blah 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 and fix fix it to to make it seamless with chapter 10 and so on so i feel like it's easier for me to shut out the previous books while I'm working on a new one because I know that when I when I do get back to those one of those shelf books, uh, there's a whole list of comments waiting for me by me from the past. So, <laughs> but makes it easier for you to navigate back. So, how do you choose which ones to go back to if you have like a few that's there waiting for you? Um, well, some sometimes I really just concentrate on which inspir which one I feel more inspired by. Like, do I feel like there's more I can write a little bit more with this particular book, and nothing yet for this this other book. And again, I you know when I usually go back and read all the comments that I made, I usually find like 
some a problem that I've been struggling with in the past clicked mm -hmm. for me in the present. So oh, right I, I feel like, oh, hey, I, I know the answer to this one. I know how to solve this particular scene that's been troubling me before. But you know, on on the flip side, sometimes I want to strangle my past self because <laughs> she makes things because they they make things so complicated. And yeah, yeah. Like what? Why? Do you know, it, it, it's easier for me in the present to simplify things that I'm overcomplicated in the past. So, so you're just maturing as you you go on your journey. You just get better and better, and you, you know, and so it's a lot easier sometimes to go back and. Because sometimes you, even though you don't realize in the back of your mind, you may be like trying to fix the problem, even though you're not conscious of what it was. And then you go back and think, oh, I must have been thinking about that the whole time. Maybe in my drive or, you know, <laughs> as like walking the dog. It was like, and then it, it, you know, so that's kind of cool. That is true. Actually, that is true. Like you don't really think about it. And then it just clicks one day, like, oh, I, now I know the oh. answer. Yeah. Feeling too. It's like such a euphoric feeling when it clicks because you're like, oh, oh, now I have to write it down. <laughs> you know, it, for okay, for me, sometimes it's really the shower. Like, I don't know, it's like something about the water running down and just it sort of blocks out the entire world, the entire world or the noise outside. And then you're like thinking and thinking. And then usually that's where the ideas come. And then you're like, hmm, now see, now I'm wet. Oh, so now we know what to get Kate for Christmas. You need one of those shower writing things, you know, like you, you they have like little, they do like these little, yeah, yeah. Those, like acrylic things, those washable acrylic, like yeah, exactly, <laughs> like like divers, you know, like like scuba divers have those. We'll we'll get you one. I have thought of that. But then you will be torturing me by I will never leave the shower. That's a bad thing. I mean, like no, no, no. And then, you know, and then people in the house are like we need to shower too. Get out of this. I'd be like, no, no, one more chapter, one more chapter, <laughs> one more chapter. Five hours later, Kate finally yeah. comes out for me. Shower? What's she doing in there? Writing. Writing. <laughs> So really, like for you, it's never really like a shelf book. Like you haven't had a book where it's like, no, it really will not work. Or it's it's really just sometimes timing for you. Yeah, I am very um, open-minded and optimistic about most of my books. In that, you know, in the future, I can do something with this. Yeah. Like. Uh, it, I might not be able to do so now, but future me tends to be smarter than past me. And that's what I'm banking on. <laughs> and, and, and that's, you know, that's why hopefully like with the writers who are listening to this or watching this on YouTube, it's like uh, maybe they're, they're holding on too tightly on a certain manuscript that it's keeping them from writing other things. That maybe if they just put it, set it aside for now, not necessarily a forever thing and then open themselves up to something else because like you you have like you're juggling multiple projects at the same time but the shelf books there's still hope you still like that's why we have silver under nightfall because it was a shelf book that was not working at the time and then but then when you gave it the time it needed now it's a complete project that is 
about to steal the hearts of uh, vampire lovers everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Seriously, well, I, I'm so excited. I'm oh, sorry. Um, I, I look at my shelf books as just basically future investment. Like, mm. this is something you can I love that. <laughs> yeah. Your hard work in the present will pay off in the future. That's what I, that's, that's my mindset for, for my shelf books. And two, at least two, has already worked. So nice. With on that note, we will cycle through our speed round. <laughs> Christy. So Christy? Yes. Okay, so speed round questions. There's gonna be 10 of them. You just answer as quickly as you can. First thing that pops into your head. You ready? Right. Sure. Okay. First one, where would you go on vacation for your dream vacation? I am a very basic person, just the beach. There's this beach here called Boracay. I love it so much. We go there as as many times as we can. So just awesome. Boracay is fine with me. What is your favorite dessert? Ice cream, chocolate. Chocolate. Introvert or extrovert? Absolutely introvert. <laughs> what is something you could not, or someone that you could not live without? Well, my partner right now has been big cheerleader through most of my life. We've been married for almost 11 years now, so. Nice, I like that answer. Dog person or cat person? I have four cats. <laughs> cat person. <laughs> if you could have a superpower, what would it be? I would, um, there's this, I'm sorry, this takes so long. There's this anime series called Grandma One Half where this, the, the protagonist can change uh, change from male to female at the at the drop of water, and I always love that because I feel it's more in keeping with me as a person. So nice, night owl or early bird? Night owl. What is your favorite type of weather? Hmm. <laughs> I something very very moderate because in the Philippines it's either too hot or too rainy, and I've never had. <laughs> temperate weather for the most part so i wish for more temperate weather i like that give your 18 year old self some advice uh, don't go don't take that job <laughs> <laughs> we're not gonna ask we're not gonna ask come and in the last faster. <laughs> and the last question is is your bed made right now Absolutely not. No. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Who else was thinking of answers as Christy was question was asking the questions? Because also thinking of my answers. So Rin, really, it's been a pleasure to have you here with us today. I'm still shocked that you said yes, but you are here. And I um just floored we are just floored that you are here um please let our listeners and our viewers know what can they expect from you and where they can find your work and where they can find you okay well i'm not really online for nowadays because again i am super busy at the most i think i will occasionally drop by on instagram maybe once every two weeks and <laughs> just to like give updates on what books are coming out, which by the way, this year, um, uh, An Unreliable Magic, which is the sequel to Wicked As You Wish, is out last May. Yeah. Uh, what else? Uh, the new va cover variant for The Girl From The Well is out this month as well. And Silver Under Nightfall will be out on September 13. 
and October 4 will be the sacrifice. Right. Lots. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> Which one was part of a box box set? Or was it a box set or was it like a box? Oh, yeah. Um I'm not sure if Illumicrate still has that those those on sale, but Illumicrate is does have this uh Bone Witch trilogy box set. And it comes with a lot of cool other items like uh, a dragon scarf and an art prints of Thea. And it's a limited edition uh, with, with really fancy gold foils and everything and a new cover. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if they're still on sale, but please do go over Illumicrate website and see for yourself if, they, <laughs> if they're still available. Hopefully they do your other books as well because it was when I saw those pictures it was so beautiful so gorgeous. Um, the, the, the imagine getting that entire trilogy like in that uh, it it was just so gorgeous. And I, I, I think I think you're doing one other book but I cannot say what book it is <laughs> until they announce it themselves because <laughs> I already got into, I already got into trouble like with with the bullwitch because I posted it like a day in advance and like oh shoot I for, I forgot that is <laughs> <laughs> oh. a day ahead Time's <laughs> and my I posted it a day after no so. <laughs> you know trying to keep track is hard <laughs> yeah. you know what you gave us just more than we can ask for and i didn't even know that you have like several shelf books at once and it just thank you so much for sharing those stories with us and like you said they are they are investments of your time and we hope to see those books sometime in the future we, we kind of feel like it will be sometime in the future because usually when i open my social media and i see like what you've announced it's like a succession of many things at the same time <laughs> Never, never, you never have to wait long for Orange Peco book to come out because they're, they always come out in succession. So make sure to hit that buy button for any of their books because you can't go wrong. It's like when you ask, where do I start? Just pick one and you will not go wrong because it will lead you to the others. And so I'm already very, very excited for the latest releases. And uh, if you also have a shelled book, dear listener, dear viewer, you can actually email us at shelledbookspodcast at gmail.com and we can read it on the podcast. And if we love your shelled book a lot, then we can even invite you on as a guest for the podcast, which we are very excited about also. So once again, thank you for joining us this week. Um, be excited again for we hope to see you again here next week for another new episode of the Shelled Books Podcast we are your hosts Angie Christy and Kate so once again thank you and keep on writing bye, bye. and that was another episode of the Shelved Books Podcast we hope you enjoyed today's episode Till the next one, stay safe, read more, write more, and continue to be at your creative best. The world is waiting, and so are we.